I want to talk to you about dreaming God's dreams for a few moments, dreaming God's dreams. Genesis chapter 37. If you can't find Genesis, just yell out and we'll help you navigate through that. Genesis. So, yeah, that one didn't go over well. All right. Next. Uh, next joke's going to be better. Genesis 37. And look at verse one. Jacob lived in the land of his father's journeys in the land of Canaan. Verse two. And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph was 17 years old. Now, Jacob had 12 sons, right? Jacob is also named Israel, but he said he, God renamed him Israel. But he said, this is the history of Jacob. Joseph was 17 years old, feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah and the, the father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report about his brothers to the father. So he was like the young runt and the one that told on his older brothers. But he was responsible. His father asked him to give a report on your brothers. And verse three, and it says now Israel, which was Jacob's name, God renamed him Israel. Now, Jacob, we'll just call him Jacob here. Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And so he made him a coat of many colors. Now, most people know from the Broadway musical about Joseph uh, or, you know, about the story of Joseph or cartoons that have been made or ch kids in kids church or you've heard it preached in church or you just read it in the Bible. Joseph was given this multicolored tunic or this this uh, this varied color coat this coat of many colors. And you know, this word coat of many colors, it actually is referencing the word glory. It was a coat of his father's glory. It was his father, everything his father was proud of, everything his father believed in, every gift, every treasure, everything that was valuable to his father. This is what this coat symbolized. It was a coat of many colors and his father gave it to him. And it says, and he also so he made him this coat of many colors. And in verse four, but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Boy, we're living in a generation where there's a lot of hate these days, and we're going to learn how to overcome that hate. Um, but there's one thing that you have to realize is when that is when you when you're given something that you didn't deserve this coat. Joseph did not deserve this coat. And when you're given something that you don't deserve, sometimes people are going to be jealous of that. And you know what? We've all been given something that we don't deserve. And the devil doesn't like that. The devil is really the enemy and the devil is really the one who is the source of all hate. Hate doesn't come from politicians. Hate comes from the devil. Now, it definitely comes through politicians sometimes, but it doesn't come from it comes from the devil. The devil is the author of all hate. He's the father of lies. He's the father of hate. He's the father of anger. He's the father of fear. God is the father of love. Can anybody say amen to that? So when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they they hated him. Now, can you imagine it's one thing to be hated? by people that are like true enemies. But to be hated by your brothers can be one of the most devastating to be hated by your family can be one of the most devastating things that anybody could ever experience to be hated by the ones who you thought 
were the closest to you and the ones that you thought would stick with you and to be hated by people that you thought would would stand by you and support you and stick up for you. You know, we need people like that in our lives, people that will support us no matter what, people that'll that'll hold us up no matter what, people that'll stand with us no matter what. That's what a church is for. A church is supposed to not be a place where we're not a place of perfect people. There is no perfect people allowed in this church. We're a place of imperfect people, but we stand with each other and we support one another. And if you've got a, a, a coat of many colors that God has given you, man, I'm not interested in ripping it off of you. I'm interested in just admiring how good God has been to you. And if he's that good to you, hey, if he's that good to you, he can be that good to me too, because God, God loves us all. God's not like Jacob who loved his son Joseph more than he loved any of his other kids. But God does want us all to feel like he loves us more than anyone. He does want you to feel the greatest love that you could ever feel from a father. He does want you to feel that. So there are some similarities here. There are some differences, but there are some parallels here. So Jacob loved Joseph. We could say God loves you. And what does God do? God does two things. Two things happen when you're loved by your father. Now, we all have maybe different. We obviously all have different upbringings and different backgrounds and different experiences with our natural parents. Some of us experienced a lot of love in growing up and some of us didn't. But here's the one thing that I want you to see in this parallel between between God and Jacob. And that is, is that it says in verse three, Jacob loved Joseph. And if you can make this parallel, God loves you more than anything, more than anything in this world. And it says in verse four, so he gave him this coat in verse three, he gave him a coat and then verse five and put the King James Bible in verse five. Would you guys mind in Genesis 37 verse five, if you could put the King James version, because I love how poetic this verse is here. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And here's what I here's what I want to share with you today is that when God loves someone, he gives them two things. He gives them a coat and he gives them a dream. And God loves you. He loves you. He loves every one of you. And because he loves you, he has given you two things. Now, you may not realize this, but he has given you two things. He has given you a coat and he has given you a dream. And it's true about us individually and it's true about us as a church. He's given us a coat and he's given us a dream. He's given you a coat and he's given you a dream. And from the time you get that coat, and from the time you get that dream, there is an enemy, whether it comes through people that you know or whether it comes through people that you don't know or whether it comes from the devil himself, they will try to strip you of your coat and shatter your dream. The devil is after two things in your life. He wants that coat and he wants your dream. He wants to disrupt. He wants to steal your coat, strip you of it, and he wants to shatter your dream. And I'm here to 
to tell you, every one of us, this is the battle that every one of us are in. We're in this battle because God has given us a coat. Because God loves us, he sent his son Jesus and gave us a coat called the robe of righteousness. And everything the devil tries to do in your life is to beat you down and condemn you and to tell you you're no good and to tell you, look at how far you failed. Look at how many times you failed. Look, you might as well stay down. Look at how far down you are. You might as well stay there, you wretched creature. And the devil wants to strip you of that coat. He wants to strip you of that coat and then he wants to shatter your dream. That's the devil's plan for your life. God's plan is to give you that coat and to give you a dream. And he wants you to know that even though the devil tries to strip it and even though the devil tries to shatter the dream and strip the coat, you cannot strip when somebody has been clothed from within and when somebody has been given a dream from heaven, no one can shatter that dream. There will be delays. There will be disappointments. There will be discouragement. But no one, but no one, but no one, but no one, but no one can stop God's dream from coming to, you to pass in your life. If you will hold on to that coat, man, what is the coat? Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10 says he has clothed us in his righteousness. He has clothed us in his righteousness. I wish I had time to, to dig into this a little bit, but um, he, he said, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. You know, this is what the devil's after. He doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to believe that you're the righteousness of God. He wants you to feel condemned. He wants you to feel like you owe God something to, 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 to earn his love and approval. You can't earn God's love and approval. He loves you because he is love. He approves of you because you're his child. When you're born again, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you don't have to ever do a thing to get God's approval. He loves you. And the devil wants to disrupt and rip this coat off of you. He wants to tell you, you can't, no, you can't, you're not the righteousness of God. You can't pray boldly because the righteous, the Bible says the prayers of the righteous avail much. So the devil says, you're not the righteousness of God. Look at what you did. But you see, you didn't become a sinner because of your sin. You became a sinner because of Adam's sin. Look at what it says in Rome, Romans 5, 17. And you didn't become righteous because of the right things you do. You became righteous because of Jesus' obedience. He said, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, that's Adam, by one man's sin, that's Adam's sin, by one man's sin, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ, Verse 18, look at what he says. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. We all became sinners because we were born into Adam's sin, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification in life. That means if you accept, if you receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you reign in life. It's you receive this gift because of what Jesus did. We became sinners. Listen, you don't have to teach a two-year-old how to sin. If you ever had a two-year-old, if he got past two to three, you know, right? If you, if you didn't take him out before that, man, this kid is killing me. 
you know you don't have to teach a kid to be bad. He naturally knows how to be bad. He didn't learn that. It's in him from Adam. That's why we got to be born again. Not because you're so bad. Not be, yet, even though we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but it's not because we're so bad. It's because we're born into sin and we need to be born again out of it into righteousness. And the devil wants to strip you of that righteousness, that beautiful gift of righteousness that second Corinthians five twenty one explains it this way that it says he who knew no sin, that's Jesus was made to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. That means to be in right standing with God without fault, without condemnation, that we can stand before God without guilt. We can stand before God without condemnation. This is the coat of many colors. Do you know that when Joseph, when Jacob gave Joseph this coat of many colors, it represents the coat of righteousness. It means that the righteous now are bold as lions. That's one, that's one color of the coat. The righteous now can pray with authority and it'll happen. That's another color in the coat of many colors. The righteous can get up when they've fallen. That's another color in the coat of many colors. The righteous can, the righteous can, can bless their children and their children will be blessed. That's another coat of the righteous. The Bible says the righteous will arise with healing in their wings so the righteous can walk in divine healing. Listen, that's another color in the coat of many colors. The coat of many colors are all the blessings and all the gifts and all the goodness of God that come when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. It's unearned. It's unmerited. Joseph didn't deserve this coat, but because his father loved him, he gave him this coat. And because God loves you, he gave you Jesus and clothed you with his robe of righteousness and made you the righteousness of God in him. That's why when the prodigal son came home in Luke chapter 15, verse 22, you hear the father say, look at what he says. He says, the father says to his servants, bring the best robe and put it on my son and a ring on his hand and sandals. on. This kid didn't deserve this. He just wasted everything. He, have you wasted time? Have you wasted your gifts? Have you wasted your dreams? Have you wasted your talent? Have you wasted the calling, the purpose, the destiny of God upon your life? It's okay. Listen, it's okay. All is forgiven. Just come home. Just come home. All the son did was come home. All the son did was come home. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you watching online. Come home. I'm talking to you that, you know, we hadn't seen you in a while. Come home. I'm talking to myself. Come home. I'm talking to all of us. Come home. I'm talking to the, those that have been here, but your heart has been hardened because of disappointments, because of discouragement, because you've been betrayed, you've been lied about, or you've fallen so far you don't think there's any way back. But Proverbs 16, 24 says otherwise. Look at what it says. It says a righteous man. Look at what it says. Proverbs 16, verse 24. A righteous man falls seven times. A righteous man might fall seven times, but it says in Proverbs 16, verse 24, but he gets back up. Maybe I got the wrong verse. That's why they didn't put it up there to embarrass me, <laughs> to protect, you know, to save me from the embarrassment. Thank you. 
But if you look in your Bible, I bet I'm right. Proverbs 16:24. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I am not afraid to admit I'm dyslexic. That's why I got this one right wrong. It's Proverbs. I had all the numbers right. Just strip Robs 16:24. That's Proverbs 24:16 backwards. VJKN in the VJKN version. <laughs> A righteous man may fall how many times? Seven times. Seven is the number of completion in the Bible. So what he's really saying is you may have completely just fudged it up. You are you have completely screwed up your life. But a righteous person, not a person who does right, a person who has been made righteous because the coat, because this coat of many colors was put on you. That's why you can get up. You see the difference? It's not the right man. It's the righteous man. And righteousness is a free gift. He calls it the gift of righteousness. And go back to Romans 5:17. He says, through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. It's a gift. It's the abundance of grace. Some of you said to me in the past, could you explain the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? It's like sounds like those are theological terms, but what does it really mean? So I thought about it and I remember the story about this guy, this father. Some of you might remember the story, but this father was coming home one day and he forgot it was his daughter's birthday. And so he stopped at the mall and he, stopped, he was walking by and he saw in this window a bunch of Barbie dolls. And he thought, well, his little girl's like seven or eight years old. I got, I'm going to get my little girl. may not be politically correct nowadays, Barbie. I don't know uh, what people think about Barbie nowadays. But who, who, remembers, Bar- who, remember, who remembers Barbie dolls um, and always wanting one, right? Come on. Every girl wanted a Barbie doll back in the day. I don't know what's going on nowadays. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to figure all that out. I'm just, you know, keep my head down. Keep praying, looking, looking to him. So he goes into the, he looks in the store and in the window, it's all these Barbie dolls. And you got Barbie goes shopping, $19.99. You got, you got Barbie goes to the movies, $19.99. It's got like the different Barbies with the different scenarios. Barbie goes to the beach, $19.99. All of them are $19.99 until he gets to this one and then it says divorced Barbie. Four hundred and ninety five dollars. So the guy walks into the store, says store, says to the store manager, look, I don't get it. All these and he she doesn't. He said, I don't get it. All these Barbie dolls are nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. But divorced Barbie is four hundred and ninety five dollars. What's the difference? He said, oh, that's easy. Divorced Barbie gets Ken's house, gets Ken's car. Divorced Barbie gets Ken's computer. Divorced Barbie gets Ken's cat. Divorced Barbie gets Ken's iPad. Divorced Barbie gets Ken's everything. 
Say, what does that have to do with the message today? You should have figured it out by now. That when you, when you realize everything you have is because you've been divorced from the devil, when you accepted Jesus, there was a divorce between you and the devil and you get all the enemy stuff back that he's been stealing from you and stealing from your family. That abusive, that abusive Lord you used to serve named Lucifer, that abusive Lord that used to own us named the devil named Diablo. Come on, I'm bilingual. That, that, that. I told you I came from a dark, damaged background, so give me a little grace. The abundance of grace is getting all this stuff that you didn't deserve. It's getting everything in the house, even though you didn't pay for it. Getting everything in the house, even though you didn't deserve it. Getting everything in the house, even though you didn't work for it. And God says the abundance of grace is you getting everything that Jesus paid for, even though none of us deserve it. We get salvation we didn't deserve. We get forgiveness we didn't deserve. We get the Holy Spirit to come live inside of us we didn't deserve. We get the mercy, we get the love, we get the kindness, we get the healing, we get the blessing of God that we did not deserve. All right. So you got this coat figured out? Yes, sir. This coat back in Genesis 37. I know you think I'm distracted. I'm dyslexic and ADD. And I got ADD. I got ADT. I got to pay for that one every month. But listen, here's the point. You go back to Genesis 37. I do know where I'm going with this. Genesis 37, verse 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. He dreamed a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And what did they do? You know the story. They threw him in a pit and just to, you know, punish him. But then they thought we can't leave him in there. So what did they do? They pulled him out of the pit and they stripped him of his coat of many colors. And you know what the Bible says they did? They stripped his coat and then they dipped it in blood. It's in um, Genesis 37, verse 23 and verse 31. Look at verse 23, I believe. In verse 23, so it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his coat, the coat of many colors that was on him. And then verse 31 says, and look at what verse 31 says, Genesis 37, verse 31. And they took Joseph's coat, killed an animal, one of the goats and dipped the coat in blood to, so they had a story to tell their father that an animal killed your son, Joseph, our brother, who we love so much, but they hated because I'm here to tell you everything went good for Joseph after this. Because no matter what man does to you, what God does for you 
is always greater. It's always greater than what people do to you. What God does for you is always greater than what people have done to you or what you've done to yourself. Even what you've done to yourself. You say, no, nobody did this to me. I did it to myself. What God did for you is still greater than what you did to yourself. You just need to forgive yourself. Today's your day to let it go. Today's your day to forgive yourself. I just because I want you to see how beautiful the scripture is because I want you to leave here not just with vision, which I want you to leave here with and passion and, you know, a, a, a new goal for us to reach in the next several years. But I want you to leave here knowing that whatever has been dipped can never be stripped. They dipped this coat in blood. And even though they were doing a dastardly deed to their brother, it is it also symbolizes that our coat of many colors has been dipped in the blood of Jesus. And what has been dipped in the blood of Jesus can never be stripped by the enemy. You know, he might have lost his coat, but he didn't lose the blessing. He might have lost the coat, but he didn't lose his dream. He might have lost the coat, but he didn't lose God's favor. He might have lost the coat, but he didn't lose his father's love. Because I want you to see something when God loves you and he does. He gives you two things. What are they? He gives you a coat and he gives you a dream. He gives you a coat and he gives you a dream. And the problem is most of us aren't living out the dream because we're so caught up in just struggling to survive, just to get our bills paid, just to find somebody to care for us that we care about, just to get our kids raised and out of the house so we can look at each other and say, where did they go? Can they come back? We're bored here without them. Just <laughs> hasn't happened to us because we still have a bunch of them still <laughs> living. <laughs> Your coat's been dipped in blood. No one can strip it from you. It's the righteousness of God. In Revelation chapter, look at this. Revelation, I got to just show you this. Revelation 19:13. Just to confirm what kind of what is he what is he, what is he making this stuff up? No. Jesus was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Your robe Jesus robe was dipped in blood and he gave you his robe and he put it on you. Bring the best robe. What's the best robe? The one dipped in blood. What did the father say to the about the prodigal son? Go servants, go bring the best robe and put it on my boy. 
Put it on him. No, but sir, he's dirty. Put it on him. But sir, he wasted all your money. Put that coat on him. But sir, he's been, he's just been away from you and he's just defrauded you and defiled you and he's made a bad name about you around the world. He's wasted everything you gave him, half of your inheritance that you gave him. Put that. The father says, I don't care what he did. As far as east is from west, I have removed his sins against him from him. And I want you to put that coat on him. What, 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 what? Can we just use one of the robes, one of the servant's robes? No, you get the best robe. What's the best robe? The best robe is the one dipped in blood. And give this boy a dream. Listen, when you know that you're loved by God and you know that your robe's been dipped in blood, the blood of Jesus, you're going to dream big dreams. Listen, when you're struggling to eat the scraps of somebody's love. When you are unloved and you don't feel the love of God, you will settle for the scraps that fall off of the table. And God didn't create you to settle for the scraps. He didn't create you to live day by day, paycheck to paycheck, worry from worry, anxiety from anxiety. He created you to know his love so he could put his robe on you and then give you a dream that would elevate you and elevate your calling and elevate your purpose and give you a cause and a reason to live bigger than yourself. But the enemy does everything he can to steal the coat and shatter the dream. They try to steal his dream in verse 19. Look at this, Genesis 37, verse 19. They try to steal the dream. As soon as we start to dream God's dreams, delays come. Look at Genesis 37, verse 19. They said to one another, look at this dreamer is coming. The brother said, verse, look at verse 20. Come, therefore, let us kill him and cast him into a pit. And we shall say some wild beast has devoured him and we shall see what becomes of his dreams. Let me tell you something. What's going to become of your dream is it's going to get bigger. No matter who tries to shatter it, it's going to get bigger. No matter who tries to destroy it, it's going to get more vivid. No matter who tries to put it in black and white, it's going to get more color. No matter who tries to put it in the past, it's going to take you to your future. No matter who tries to step on it, it's going to rise up. Listen. I got to tell you something. There's an old poem that says truth crushed to earth shall rise again. The eternal years of God are hers, but error wounded writhes in pain and dies among its worshipers. You see, just as truth crushed to earth shall rise again, so will your dream and your destiny, no matter how long it's been delayed. It doesn't matter how much adversity or people or the enemy bring your dream will rise because it came from God. You know, when you saw that old picture of one of my relatives that looked like me, <laughs> I was standing in front of the old church in Barrington Hills. We were just building it still. And while we were building it, the city of Barrington Hills came and tried to arrest me for building the church there. And they said, you're here. We're stopping this work from being from ever going any further. We, we've decided we don't want this church here. I said, well, on what grounds? I was just a kid. I mean, you saw it looked like Roman. <laughs> I 
they said, uh, we're, we don't want you to build this church here anymore. I said, we already dug the hole. We already gave us a permit to dig the hole and to pour some, put some steel in the ground. And why would you do that now? Well, we just decided we don't want your kind here. Oh, 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 oh my kind. Uh, who, who is my kind? Oh, I get it. All you uppity Barrington Hills lawyers. No offense if you're an uppity Barrington Hill lawyer. We, we love you. Keep tithing. <laughs> These uppity, they, they didn't want our kind. We're 70 nations strong in this place. Not, not nationalities. There's probably a, a thousand of them. Not nationalities, nations, people. Raise your hand if you were born in another country and you're still, you still can admit it. Raise your hand if you were born in another country. Look at, wave your hand at, wave your hand. You find, look around, people. Look around. So they, they wanted a certain kind of people in their community. And we weren't that people. But we were the kind God wanted. Because your dream is going to face opposition. Your dream is going to face adversity. Your dream is going to face hate. And we have to love anyway. And we have to build anyway. And we have to get up and fulfill the dream anyway and trust God. And let me tell you what to do, because I, I, I want to show you another video and a couple things and want to do something very special. But, but I want you to understand something about Joseph, because it looked like everything went downhill for Joseph at this point. And sometimes it'll look like things are going bad for you. But God's got you. It says in Genesis 39, verse 2, but the Lord was with Joseph. Even though he was a slave in Potiphar's house, the Lord was with him. And he became a successful man. You know, this really defines for us what true success is. God's presence in our lives makes us truly successful. Not what kind of job we have, not what kind of career we have, not what kind of business we have, not what, how we're measured by this world's standards. But when the Lord is with you, you'll always end up on top. You might end up in the bottom for a while in the valley of the shadow of death, but the Lord is with you and you're not going to stay there. You're getting up. You're getting out. But I want you to realize something because Joseph was 17 years old. And most estimates say that there was 14 years or so that went by before Joseph's dream came to pass. Joseph had a dream, but it didn't come to pass for 14 years later or more. What happened during those 14 years? Well, what kept the dream from coming to pass? And what stops our dream from coming to pass? Let me close with these thoughts. Because God gives you a coat and God gives you a dream. And what keeps the dream from being realized is when you have a smaller version, when you have a smaller view of yourself than God's view of you. When you have an inferiority complex, that we're the grasshoppers and they're the giants, that we're just the poor little Christians, but the world has all the success. No, we have the Lord Jesus. We have God's presence. And we're not 
keeping him to ourselves. We're trying to bring him to everybody else. But we're not inferior anymore. He's raised us up with him and he seated us with him in heavenly places. Let me tell you what's what steals and tries to steal the dream and shatter the dream from your life when you have a, a low opinion of yourself. I don't I don't mean we should be arrogant. We should be very humble people, very down to earth people grounded in God's love and grounded in realizing everything we have is a gift of his grace. But we must be but we must not see ourselves as inferior because Jesus has made us the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. The second thing that robs us of our dreams, the second thing that the devil uses to try to to try to um, shatter our dream is other people's opinions. We put too much weight on what other people think about us. We give too much we ascribe too much value to other people's view of us. And we have to realize that whoever has an opinion about you, they may be partially right. I know a lot of people that have had you know, that have criticized me and, you know, in, in many, in many cases, they're partially right, but they don't see the whole picture. God sees the whole picture and God's not through with me yet. And God's not through with you yet. And it's not because I'm the preacher. It's because Jacob loved Joseph and Joseph dreamed a dream. God loved Greg and God loves Anne and God loves Steve and God loves Mary and God loves What's your name? What is it? Carmelina. God loves Carmelina. What a name. God really loves Carmelina. And God loves Jose. I know there's a Jose here somewhere. <laughs> and therefore, the dream is going to come to pass. It doesn't matter who hates you. What matters is who loves you. And that's the Father loves you. <laughs> 